The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Brickhouse Nutrition. You don't have to eat your peas, you know. To get the goodness of vegetables, you don't have to eat your peas. You don't have to eat your greens. You don't have to eat kale. What you need to do is get Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens because... You know, everyone likes to call themselves a, a superfood, which is just like, I, to me, it's just basically a scam term. I don't know. It doesn't seem to mean anything to anyone. Um, but how about just food? A lot of these things are just extracts and weird supplements and things that, uh, you know, there's some odd collection of ingredients. Uh, not Field of Greens. Field of Greens is just food. It's just real food. You get to eat your vegetables without having to eat your vegetables. For a limited time offer, uh, visit BrickHouseGlen.com. Use the promo code GLEN. Get 15% off your first order. It's BrickHouseGlen.com. Uh, 15% off if you use the promo code uh, GLEN. Do that now. Uh, it's BrickHouseGlen.com. Glenn Beck. Uh, with Pat Gray and Stu Bergier. 727 beck Pretty good Monday night football game last night. Yes. In fact, it's all I want to talk about today. I know that might not be the, the most popular choice, but that's exactly what I want to talk about today, mm-hmm. is the National Football League. That game last night was one of the, it was honestly one of the best sporting events I've ever watched in my entire life. Now, of course, it comes into a distant second, uh, at least, to last year's Super Bowl, which was the greatest sporting event of all time. But the, that game last night, Pat, and I, I don't think you stayed up for it, right? You have to get up so early for yeah, Pat Gray Unleashed. Um, but <laughs> I, I recorded it. You did. It's yeah. worth watching. Mm-hmm. It's actually that that fun. And it's, it was an incredible game last night. And I'm watching it, I mean, because, you know, it was 54-51 as a final. I was listening to a little of Pat Gray Unleashed uh, earlier, and uh, mm-hmm. you made the point, which is a, a sensible one, of uh, where was there any defense on the field at all? And that's what I think was incredible about that game, is that there was... There was a lot of defense. I mean, there were three defensive touchdowns, three wow. in the game. Um, you know, two of them by one guy, Samson uh, Ibukam. Mm. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald uh, uh, played one of the best games, most dominant games by an interior defensive lineman I've ever seen. That's hard I've to believe. Ever watched? I mean, he really? was he was wow dominating the the entire game. And again, they, it was 54-51. Now, again, 21 of the points were on defense. So, I mean, you could see. there's And there was a decent amount of turnovers. I mean, it was just back and forth and crazy. And as I'm watching this game, um, uh, it is just one of those things fully, if you like sports, right? There's a certain line of pe- people. like And Glenn always falls on the, uh, on the other side of this line. He's transitioning uh, when it comes to sports. And he is on the other side of that line, and he doesn't care about it. So, if you don't care about sports, you don't care about sports. But as, I, as this game is ending, I'm thinking to myself, there are some people who don't care about sports. There are some people like a Mr. Pat Gray, who's responsible and decided not to go, just actually to go to bed, but mm-hmm. still recorded it, right? Yes. And all that, I, there's some people who watch the game. All those people I, I fully understand. But allow me to make a pitch here. Allow me to revisit with new information the group of people who love the NFL, who love watching football, but who didn't watch because they were boycotting the league. Polls show this is not a huge number, but in this audience, it's probably a significant representation uh, in this audience, and you're not doing it because, as we know, Colin Kaepernick was kneeling and all the controversy that's gone over that over the last couple of years. And I understand why you would do that. I understand 
you know, why you would think, you know, the national anthem and our country is more important than sports. It's a, it's a sensible decision, and I understand it. However, Colin Kaepernick isn't in the league. The man is not employed by the National Football League. He is not in the league and has not been in the league for multiple years. He, yes, he took a knee. And yes, he has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to the, the statistics of policing. Does he understand what any, any of the words that come out of his mouth? The answer to that is no. He doesn't. He does not understand it at all. But you can't let Colin Kaepernick's sock choices determine what you do with your life. I felt that I, I thought to myself like this is this is one of the most enjoyable sporting events I've ever watched in my life and people are avoiding it because of what Colin Kaepernick put on his feet who cares what Colin Kaepernick does he should he deserves no power over anyone in this audience he should not be making one decision for any individual person in this audience we're conservatives we're individualists we're people who think for ourselves and to let Colin Kaepernick make a choice for you makes no sense to me at all. Remember, this is a league that not only does not employ Colin Kaepernick, but employs what? Two? Two players who are kneeling? And I think one cheerleader who's kneeling? Two players and one che- There's a thousand players in this league. There's two players who are kneeling. Why, why would you boycott something over that? And we don't even hear about them. And we don't even hear about them anymore. I understand that these culture sort of wars go on and, and you feel like, I, you know, with social, I mean, you know, Glenn's book really keeps popping into my head as I, as I watch this stuff go on. Addicted to outrage available now. But I mean, you're going to see this at Thanksgiving. There's Thanksgiving table too. And people are going to be so angry about all these, you know, little issues related to politics and people take their sides. And I understand all that. And sometimes it's important to make your, make your stand. And, you know, these issues... These cultural issues can be important. We talk about them every day. But the idea that two out of a thousand players are kneeling that would keep you away of such an enjoyable three plus hours last night is just, it's criminal. Colin Kaepernick should not be controlling our lives and our decisions. And I, I, there's something about this where I don't know, we just get on these lines and it's partially because of politics and Partially because, you know, Colin Kaepernick's points are really terrible. Like, he's vilifying American heroes. He uh, is doing things that, uh, that push back against the cultural fabric of this country. You know, I'm a patriotic guy. I know most of the audience is as well. Pat's got a flag on his shirt right now. I'm not kneeling. I'm not kneeling in front of it. I've got no interest in kneeling in front of the flag. And I got no, and you know, when we've gone over the stats a million times, Colin Kaepernick and the people who agree with Colin Kaepernick that are in the NFL are wrong on most of these issues. That's not to say there's never an incident of, uh, of unwarranted violence towards African Americans by police officers, but we know we've looked, we've looked at these stats a million times. There's almost nothing to support the opinion of Colin Kaepernick. But that's even more of a reason to not let it de- to determine your choices. It's, it's even more of a reason to not let Colin Kaepernick make these choices for you. He makes bad choices. 
He's made choices that have cost him millions of dollars, arguably. Uh, most of those choices were throwing it to defensive players instead of offensive players. But that's a whole other situation. And I just can't... I, I, I just was watching this last night, and I think like, our, our audience, most of them will do what they want to do. Most of them will say, hey... You know, look, I, I'm not going to let this guy, you know, decide my life for me. I think football sucks. I'm not going to watch it. If football's great, I'm going to watch it. But I don't understand this. You know, every place you go into has people who feel like Colin Kaepernick. Every grocery store trip you go into, you're buying food that was stocked by people who agree with Colin Kaepernick. Every, every, uh, Every restaurant you go into has a server or a cook or someone else who works there who agrees with Colin Kaepernick. And they're probably posting publicly about it on their social media accounts. Every single time. I guarantee the radio station you're listening to with all the conservative hosts has an engineer or an IT guy or somebody else that agrees with Colin Kaepernick. These, this is our world. You deal with people who are wrong all the time. And yet the one thing that everybody seems to want to boycott is the National Football League. The one thing I know, at least in my life, is the highest level of entertainment. I know I love it so much, and I know that's not everybody. It's easy to avoid entertainment you don't like. But if you love it, There's just no reason to let Colin Kaepernick or any of the other morons making points associated with him control your decisions. It's just not sensible. And I, I, I think in the mo- in the heat of the moment when there's you know Trump's tweeting about it and Pence is going to the games and leaving games and it's a big issue and MSNBC is talking about it all the time. I can understand being getting in the middle of that and taking a side on it because I of the two arguments I completely side with Donald Trump on the idea that it's a terrible protest. I think they should have the right to protest, but I think it's a bad it's a bad series of points. But the. That's past now. The the fury is past. The 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 intense back and forth has passed. Isn't it a t- another moment to? Isn't it time in this really complicated world where everybody hates every everybody for everything to just step back and say, look, if a football game is something I want to watch, I'm going to freaking watch it. You know, it's the same thing with movies. You know, uh, I'm very excited, as you know, Pat, to go see Creed two tonight. And Sylvester Stallone is hey, I, re- Republican-ish, right? I don't know if he's officially mm-hmm. out that way. I mean, he's he has a good relationship, seemingly, with Donald Trump. Uh, he worked with him on a pardon um, uh, a few months ago uh, for a former boxer. Uh, but, you know, Sylvester Stallone, obviously the Rocky guy, but guaranteed half or more of that cast, probably, if they had a choice, would side with Colin Kaepernick, right? Mm-hmm. Like every Hollywood movie you go to, Every television show you watch, I mean, every time you watch a Fox News program, you're watching a show that is that probably has camera guys and, um, uh, you know, uh, people working behind the scenes in every capacity that agree with Colin Kaepernick. But we don't boycott Fox News, you know, Shepard Smith's on the air and we don't boycott Fox News. Right. Like these we have to understand, I think. That so often people in Washington and in the media find little issues like this. And that is what this is, by the way. Colin Kaepernick, a man who has... I wouldn't trust to order the catering at Thanksgiving dinner 
I wouldn't trust him with any decision in my life. I don't trust him. I've seen the analysis he has made on two major situations. One, how bad cops are. I know he's wrong there. And two, who he's supposed to throw to. And it's constantly the other team. So I know he does not make good decisions. It's the reason he's not in the league. Much more the decision-making on the field than the other way around. But it's like, you know, to to see that and, and to... I just feel like Washington and the media and, and all these sites, and all the social media uh, um, accounts are constantly trying to use us to get us to click on things, to push us into these passionate decision, uh, decisions that we're going to make and lock ourselves into choices that we ourselves don't even enjoy. We're taking things that we like out of our lives because of other people's choices. And I just, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. One of the most important parts of Thanksgiving, I think number one is obviously football. Number two, I think is family or something. And, and or no, it's two's food and three's family. And four is like talking to people. And I think five is that great nap that you have after you have dinner and you fall asleep on the couch and your, your gut's half hanging out over your belt. And you look, you look like Jeffy, basically. At least you feel like Jeffy. Those are the important moments of Thanksgiving. And I, I just, uh, this week, I think it's time to reconsider that if you, if you went that way. You made your point. I mean, if you wanted to make your point, you made your point. I mean, the National Football League seems to be thriving. I don't know that it had a huge impact on them. But, you know, like some, it's not, that doesn't matter. If you believe it, then do it. I, you know, if you really believe that uh, this is an important thing to do, you know, more power to you. I just feel like so many people get locked, you know, get caught up in this without even thinking through the idea that what they're doing is giving power over their lives to some dope who's kneeling on a field. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. And the protest is essentially, uh, for all intents and purposes, over. Over. It's over. I mean, nobody talks about it. No, Nobody even makes note of it. I don't even know who the two players are that I, you mentioned. I'm making the number up. I mean, I don't I, even know if there are two. I mean, I know Eric Reed is still in the league, and he was one of the guys who was... He said he was going to keep doing it. He said, I don't know if he's still doing it. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I mean, think about this, how ridiculous... I, the, the only thing I've seen is the cheerleader. The cheerleader was recent. Um, she yeah. won, I think, a Buccaneers cheerleader. And who cares? I who mean, cares? I, I don't care what the cheerleader does. But, like, that's... Whatever. A, it's a great point, though. You know... I don't care what the cheerleader does either, right? But, like, shouldn't we think of the players the same way? Why yes. Why do we favor what the players think about yeah. a political issue over the cheerleaders? The cheerleaders have more time to be thinking about it. <laughs> they probably are more informed than most of the players. Like, there's no reason, you know, guaranteed, like, you go to that game, if every single player stops kneeling and every cheerleader stops kneeling, there's going to be thousands of concession workers and thousands of people working at the networks uh, that carry the games and thousands of people who work for the websites that you visit to go, that would go and talk about the games. All Every franchise has got people in their offices who do this. This is an issue. We have, we live in a society where people get to make their own minds up and sometimes they're, they make really terrible decisions and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can't, I, you know, Glenn's got into this world before and I, we always talk about this. We used to have this argument with Glenn all the time whenever he would decide, I don't know, maybe I'm going to boycott X, Y, or Z. It was usually sports and we always made fun of him because you don't like sports, Glenn. You can't, it doesn't count as a boycott. <laughs> you, you can't boycott the NFL. Right. 
you, right. you weren't watching you it weren't in the first place. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm boycotting ballet. Right. Then yeah. You'd be, yeah. Okay, that's powerful. <laughs> You're taking a tough. <laughs> that's like Lent when you give up. I'm giving up crack cocaine. Well, I don't do crack cocaine. I do regular cocaine, so I wouldn't need that. Wouldn't even be a anyway. Um, but like with Glenn, it was always we always always come back to him and say, well, what about entertainment? You go mm-hmm. to 16 movies a week. You given those up? He usually, right. He usually get very mad at us when we made that point. Yes. Um, but you know it's true. I mean, it, like you can find this everywhere. There's there's no way to be consistent in your life on these on these stances because every single thing you do has people. There are conservatives. We know this in every aspect of society, right? You, you, I mean, even in, with the exception of maybe academics, you, you can basically find them everywhere, even in Hollywood, right? And so many of them are in hiding, but still, they're, they're out there. The same thing happens with people who are completely wrong about police officers. They're there. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're just never going to be able to be consistent on this issue. So why pick one that's going to cost you enjoyment out of your life that you'll never get back? I just don't get it. And uh, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on this one, but it doesn't. I, I, I like your point here, Pat. Too. It's basically over. It is. It's over anyway. Yeah, it is. So even if you thought at the t- when Kaepernick was in the league, at least there was an argument. The guy's not even in the league. Isn't been in the league for two think or three years. Ever going to be again? Nor should he be. No, he's, nobody cares no. anymore. And he had his chance. I mean, he had several teams offer him. Yeah. But I think, you know, it was, it was too big a point he wanted to make. And so he continued to make the point. All right. Well, you made your point. Good and for you him. lost out on probably, who knows, over three or four, three years now, it's probably $30 million you lost out on. Well, good for you. That must be great. That's a great, but I mean, it's a pretty powerful point. There you go. He got his Nike commercial out of it. Yeah, he did. Yes, he he did. He got that. All right. 888 727 BECK. More patents too for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. You getting pumped up for the uh, Tom Steyer presidential Oh, bid? my gosh. I mm-hmm. can't even. I, oh, my gosh. I'm so pumped about Tom Steyer. <laughs> he wasn't even on any of the poll questions. Democrat billionaire. Yeah. He's basically... I think what he's trying to do is get out ahead of Bloomberg. Because yeah. this is a guy... Yeah, yeah. You've seen his face before if you've watched cable news, probably. Because he's leading the way for impeachment. Yeah. He's been the guy... He spent... Mm-hmm. 20 or 100 million dollars of his own money bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, to to try to push people into getting familiar with the Donald Trump impeachment that he's trying to push for um, and so this is going to be where he runs if he does and he's taking steps he's uh there's not one chance not a chance that he wins the Democrat nomination I know to say things like this but and if okay. he did I, I uh, I'll eat my underwear if he wins the Democrat nomination this now, is one successful. where I can go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. I just swore this off and said I'd never do this. Again. No, you got to do it again. But Tom Steyer, I got to do this okay. for Tom Steyer. So let's go back to the underwear review for Pat. The first, yes. it was Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Elizabeth right. Warren will will uh, will. If not. she wins the Democrat nomination, yep, I'd eat my underwear. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. She didn't run. And then the next one, I believe, was a little closer. It was a little closer. <laughs> fact, a little closer. That was a nervous election day. The fact <laughs> is, uh, with Beto O'Rourke, right. Because a year ago, over a year ago, I said, yeah, come on. No, there's no way that Beto O'Rourke beats uh, Ted Cruz. And he came dang close. <laughs> Two and a half points, uh, basically. So, yeah, that was a close one. So I didn't have to eat my underwear, though. I feel confident. And now I feel confident yeah. if Tom Steyer wins the Democrat nomination, 
I will eat my underwear. He, if you, he is a big-time climate mm. activist, and he's announcing fi- uh, several town halls to go over his platforms of the five rights of pre-K education through college for free, clean air and water, an equal vote, a living wage, and the right to health, which I'd love to oh. see how he solves that one. we got to flesh this out a little bit, maybe coming up. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn. You can also ch- check out my show uh, weekday mornings between uh, six and eight Central Time, so seven and nine Eastern, uh, and on Pat Gray Unleashed and the Blaze Radio and TV Network, and you know anytime on podcast if you can't get up that early. We spoke about uh, football a little bit earlier. Could we have a? I think we have a clip from more on trivia. Maybe we can play that today. Oh yeah, um, from yeah, this yeah. past more on trivia mm-hmm. because tomorrow you have a special edition of more on trivia for Thanksgiving, right? Right. Um, yep. Yep. That's always a fun one. And and we're nine and two on the season, which is one of the best nine years. and two. Yeah, it's one of the best years in the history of more on trivia. I mean, and and some of these weeks I'm thinking, ah, uh, it's not going to be right this week, and then it is. I I, I don't. It's so weird <laughs> it's that it so can, weird. <laughs> it's a really good predictor of who's going to win the game. I mean, I don't know of a better predictor. I certainly wish. I honestly wish I just was just moved to Vegas and just started betting more on trivia years ago. You you would have you would have made some money. Yeah, you definitely would have made some money. We do have a clip. Do can, can we hear that? Want to listen sure. to this now? Yeah, we might as well. Do you know what yeah. the setup is to this? Uh, we're asking questions of uh, of uh, store clerks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. What made you do uh-huh. that? Other than the entire rule of the game. Uh, that's the rule of the game. Okay. Yeah. All pretty right. much just that. Okay. Uh, so here's the clip from this is from is. past uh, past last Friday. Last Friday. Pack Ray Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Karen. Hi. Hi. Name one country in the Middle East. Pakistan. Oh. What did you say? Pakistan. Mm. Pakistan. Idaho would have been a really good answer. Oh, that's true. That that uh, there's a new movie coming out soon about the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. What is Ruth Bader Ginsburg best known for? A writer. Oh, a writer. A writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A writer. Oh, yeah. Ooh. No, she, she is the woman yeah. who invented women. She invented women. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the abbreviation GDP is short for what three words? Whoa. Easy. <laughs> I have no he idea. Didn't mean that. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't mean it. It's Kreskin over it's here. It's get down and party. <laughs> really? Yeah. GDP is get down yeah, and party. Get down and party. Mm. A lot of people don't know that. People. A lot of people don't know that Pakistan's not in the Middle East either. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, uh, but Commissioner Jeffy gave her that answer. Oh, why do you still have him in that role? <laughs> no, I don't know. We gotta, we gotta fire him as commissioner because he's terrible. And he then is... every time there's a flag on the field, and we go to the flag on the field, and somebody makes a really good point, it's like, yeah, okay, well, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your concern. Bye. I mean, he he doesn't even consider any flag on the field, no matter how legitimate. He doesn't care. No. He just doesn't care. I he's mean, already made his ruling. He's already made his mind up, and that's it. Well, he's a bad person. He is. He's is a terrible person. The foundation of this problem is that he's not a good guy. Right. Um, but right. Uh, if you want to hear more from the good guy, he's got a podcast. Uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 Chewing the Fat. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Chewing Fisher. Uh, yeah. I guess listen to it or something. It's available on our <laughs> on our channel, and I don't know. And he'll join us again tomorrow for, uh, for um, more on trivia as well. Is he coming in today, by the way, for a segment? Is he just not? Does he want to show up? Well, that's understandable. Yeah. I mean, he, Jeffy, you have to understand, really prepares for Thanksgiving um, <laughs> because he basically, if you think of your Thanksgiving meal, mm-hmm. that's you know four or five times a day for Jeffy. Yeah. So for him yeah. to expand to an, an actual Thanksgiving meal for him, he needs to prepare days in advance and eat. <laughs> 
you know, 10, 12 times a day, large meals. So It's but, something about expanding his stomach, he says. It, it has to get even more expanded than yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. And so that starts, like, I think six weeks out from Thanksgiving. So, By the way, the more on trivia contestants, good cross-section of who Tom Steyer is going to be going for uh, if he's running for president, which it does appear he Very is. Very true. He's trying to. He tried to impeach the president last uh, the last couple of years, and he spent a hundred million to try to do it. I, so this is his his. I, it wasn't about impeaching the president. We should be clear. He yes, he wants the president impeached, but this is about his face getting in front of the American people, particularly hardcore leftists, to show that he's putting his money where his mouth is. And by the way, this is who I am because you have no idea who I am. We did a uh, remember we were doing these serials for a while, Pat. Yeah, and you put and we together featured him. a great one on Tom Steyer, and we yeah. got to bust that back out. I think was, well, a lot of those were making into um, television episodes that are going to be airing oh, in the next year. So, um, which is pretty cool. And the Tom Steyer one had a lot of information I didn't know about the guy. He's one of these up and kind of the new. Some people would compare him to like a George Soros type, where he's mm-hmm. dumping a bunch of his billions of dollars into stuff like climate activism and impeaching the president and things like that. And I love the fact that he's such a climate activist because he made most of his money in fossil fuels, oil, uh, of in course. particular. Of, of course. course. I mean, of right? Mm-hmm. It, it, that happens every time. Well, it's George Virtually so- every time. George Soros made a lot of money in capitalist markets, um, yet what is he doing around the world? Trying to shut down capitalism in so many ways. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. not a huge surprise, I guess. But he uh, is now... Um, Starting a six-figure web buy on uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Full-page ad in USA Today. Uh, he is outlining his political pa- platform. He's revamping <clears throat> TomSteyer.com. Oh, and he's good. A- announced five uh, town halls. How, do you go to? How often do you go to TomSteyer.com? Like three, four times oh, a day? I, or I'm there it, right now. You are. I'm soaking in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah. Your skin looks really soft. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, for the, it's TomSteyer.com. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what's doing it for me. <laughs> the first of the five town halls will be happening in South mm-hmm. Carolina, which you may notice is an early primary state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first town hall is, is in Charleston. It's the third or fourth, right? Uh, third. Iowa, well, yeah, New Hampshire. I, Nevada sometimes squeaks in there too, but it's yeah. usually thought of as Iowa, New Hampshire, and uh, South Carolina as the, the first big three. Right. I know California's tried to push itself in, in there as well. He's going to California as well he is going to be talking about each of the five rights that you have now there's something called the bill of rights that was yeah, we, it's, we it's had dusty. 10 yeah, that was were pretty 10. well outlined He's cut it to five <laughs> so we only have five now How, now okay. with 50 percent less rights <laughs> <laughs> that's a great campaign slogan for steyer now with 50 percent less rights i like that um here is his five right uh platform <clears throat> uh, the right to an equal vote is number one we already have that tom thank you Yes, that's already mm-hmm. guaranteed to us. And and like it, this is him basically saying, I'm going to side with the loser in the governor race in Georgia. Right? Yeah, like exactly. This is her, his signaling. And, and that is just uh, so bogus. You shouldn't have to bring your ID to the polls. Right? Yeah. Like that's what we're mm-hmm. going to say. And we should talk about that a little bit in that uh, we yesterday mentioned Mia Love, who was leading in her race. By 419 votes. Now she's trailing by 1,800, I think uh, it is. Is and, she really? Yeah. And the reason what it looks like, the Shit. reasoning for this is um, same day registrations. That's what all these late, late votes are. People who register to vote the day of the election um, for the first time. And, and then voted? And then voted. And so what they vote, I my understanding of it, and you know, there's been some really good really good reporting on this. One guy in particular from uh, the Salt Lake Tribune was all over this and, and kind of 
gave the signal that this might turn around uh, and go to the Democrat in in this race. Um, but my understanding of it is you can register the same day. And then when you cast a vote, you're casting essentially a provisional ballot. So there were tens of thousands of provisional ballots cast. in. Why this. is it provisional when you register day of? I think because they, they want to check to, and make sure you actually they, are okay, able yeah, to register. That makes you sense. are a citizen. You are in good standing. You have the right mm-hmm. to vote, whatever. The so thing that is. takes some time. It takes a couple days for them to figure that out. That, that's why this has taken such a, a long time. weird thing that you can vote. You can register the day of. Yeah. Why would you do that? And again, I, I, I made this point before. And I think like most people think it in America would think this sounds terrible. But like. It's not a terrible idea to have some level of awareness of what's going on in the world to cast a vote. Now, you have a right right to do it if you know nothing. You have a right to do it. You can do it. You just shouldn't. But encouraging people who know nothing about what's going on to vote is not – rocking the vote Mm. is a democratic tactic to win elections. It's not a sensible choice. Right. Getting people who have never read a news article other than about a Kardashian to go to the polls and cast a vote is not necessarily the right call. No, it's going to kill us. If, If we continue to encourage that, and they're going to. Yeah. Because it benefits Democrats almost every time. Every time. And, and you know, they're, they're targeting, as we've you know, called them over the years, low-information voters. And, yeah. and it's okay, by the way, for you to be a low-information voter. If you want to live your life and have no engagement with the political system, obviously our founders warned against that as a trend. Mm-hmm. But as an individual, you absolutely have that right to not vote, to and not again, care. it is why our founders ensured that you had skin in the game in order to vote. That's why you had yeah. to be a property owner That to was vote. the original way they did it, yeah. Because you had skin in the game. That way people aren't voting themselves your th- property. They're, they, they understand what it takes to get po- property and keep property and pay for property, and so they've got that knowledge, and they're looking into the issues, and they're understanding how things work. It, it just uh, ensures kind of that you've... You've got some knowledge going on. It indicates a level of engagement. Yeah. Now, this is different from, like, let's say, a poll tax, which is completely wrong. Yes, of course. Um, And, you know, that is like saying, oh, well, only people who have the money to vote should vote. And that's not a good idea. No, that's At all. Um, However, that was was a voter suppression issue. It was. Having ID is not a voter suppression issue. It's ridiculous. Again, like over 80% of African Americans support. And Hispanics. uh, It's in the upper 70s or low 80s for Hispanics, too. It's it's seriously, and I mean this sincerely, one of the most popular uh, proposals in our public debate, in our public discourse. People. Nobody uh, thinks it's wrong to have somebody prove who they are when they go to vote. Nobody thinks that. No. Why? Because they have ID as well. It is racist to think they don't. Of course it is. Of course it is. So uh, beyond all of this, um, the issue in um, Salt Lake City uh, and and with Mia Love and her election, um, a lot of last minute, same day registrations. If you are not, if you're not engaged enough. To, to do it hit ahead of a, time, a normal deadline. I mean, like, look, yeah. there could be ridiculous ones. Uh, you register a year in advance. That's probably not right. Does anybody have that? I don't think. I so. I don't think so. Um, but there are some that are a few months, and uh, I, I, you know, and if, or a few weeks. Again, there should be enough time that you have these uh, registrations and who is able to vote done before the election. Yeah. Here is what what's what's yeah. why these votes are trickling in is because they're figuring it out afterwards, which is not a it does not it does not it you should know it election night who won. Yeah. Period. It opens up to a lot of problems here. It does. Uh, and it can be abused at some point. 
But the one of the big reasons why uh, Mia Love did not win, it looks like at least in this uh, case, is because of they had the ballot initiative on marijuana. And so the people were not registering last minute to vote for or against Mia Love. It was about they wanted to vote and say medical marijuana was should be legalized, uh, which it uh, was right, right. In, in, in Utah. Right. Um, it was. It, uh, but that was the apparently the motivator. And all those people voted for the democrat for the democrat yeah they're potheads of course they're going for the democrat (laughs) duh (laughs) so again that is like a you know we have a right to vote it is equal the other reason she lost uh was summed up by her president on the other hand you had some that decided to let's stay away let's stay Mm -hmm. away they did very poorly didn't ask him to campaign for him Mm -mm. i'm not sure that i should be happy or sad but I feel just fine about it. So he's happy. So, okay. Carlos Cubella. Cubella. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, Kaufman. Mike Kaufman. And too bad, Mike. Too bad. But Mia Love. Mia Love. I saw Mia Love. She'd call me all the time to help her with a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. Being held hostage. In Venezuela. In Venezuela. Right. And uh, but Mia Love gave me no love. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she lost. You didn't give President Trump any love. So I, there I, you go. That's uh, that's sad. Yeah, it is. It looked it like is. she was going to come back and win, and now she's lost. And now she's lost. Uh, I don't know. Let me give you the last four real quick, and then okay. we'll go. Uh, it's clean air and water. Like I mean, come on. Um, this is the five rights. To learn uh, with pre-K education through college, which is obviously a free college thing. It's not just learning. Oh, the, all those things already exist. Um, a living wage. So you're talking 15 bucks a, uh, an hour, probably more. And the right to health, which with that <laughs> one we need to get into more. Because I don't know yes. how you guarantee health. How the government guarantees health, I don't know. But maybe Tom If he can do out. that, though, that's, I mean, that's a point in his favor. I will say he'll probably win. <clears throat> yeah. If he can actually guarantee health, I think a lot of people would vote for the guy. I think so. Uh, so there you go. All right. Triple eight seven two seven 727 It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck. All right. Tom Steyer has eliminated at least five of the really annoying rights that all Americans have. Because we have a Bill of Rights that's, uh, you know, uh, 10 original uh, 27 now. Well, he's narrowed it down to five rights in his platform. And one that we really find interesting is the right to health. Uh, I'm not sure how he's going to pull that off. Have you seen any details on that yet? Um, Can well, he guarantee that we don't get cancer? Yes. Um, he, you know, I don't know if you know this. Um, there was another candidate who ran a long time ago <laughs> on uh, healing the sick. Um, his name was Jesus. One big, <laughs> huge candidate. Still popular today. Uh, yes. Uh, did very did really well, in fact. Um, yeah, huge percentages of the vote. And what he did is he would have people come in with like <laughs> leprosy and stuff, and he would heal them and give well, them they had the a right, right to health. Right to health. They had the right to health. That was his yeah. first, the first leg of his platform. So Steyer's yeah. going to do that. Basically, what he's wow. going to do. Wow, that hasn't you, been pulled off much since that particular candidate of so, which you speak. Yeah, it's so crazy because it works so well for yeah, him. You know, yeah. he's he's had a really good legacy. <laughs> Steyer's picking that up. What he's going to do is like if you have a uh, strep throat, your kid has strep throat, maybe you yeah. bring him in. Tom will touch his uh, his 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 neck, and it's over. And, and it's, it's over. Gone. He'll be gone. It's his nice. right. It's his right to health proposal. That's great. And I think it's going to work out well because the government does a really good job when they take on things like oh, this. Oh, they're so good at they're it. They're just really good at it. If we just let them run everything, oh my gosh. things would go so smoothly, wouldn't they? Oh, 
It would be so easy. Oh, what a Turn world. it over. Do you want to do things like earn money? No. no. Give that to the government. Let them pay you for, for just being alive. Right. And then you can go and you can do music and art. Yes. You can paint on your own. Yes. Like Nancy Pelosi let us know. I mean, this is this is the future. We need to embrace it. Well, let's tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor has been helping Glenn for quite a long time alleviate some pretty severe pain he's had and issues he's had with that. There's a thing he does, like there's a little video. Have you ever seen this, Pat? Where there's like Glenn standing on like a farm and he's, yeah, he's by a fence that. and he's like, look, uh-huh. I just do a lot of hard work outdoors and uh, <laughs> I get a lot of pain from it. And you're just like, great. Uh, you no, do? No, you really don't. I think Glenn I, loves the idea of hard work he outdoors. He, he yeah, just, he does. He doesn't want to, I don't think he, he doesn't actually, actually do, do it. it. Right. Uh, but it's helped him when he actually has attempted the work. It's, he's not in a lot of pain anymore, which is a big deal. This mm-hmm. is 100% drug-free. It's created by doctors. It's got four key ingredients that uh, help you, your body's fight against inflammation, which is where the pain is coming from. They've got a three-week uh, three quick start for 1995. This is an easy way to give it a shot, see if it works for you. 70% of people, it does work for them. They're ordering more. Why not see if this is going to help you for for 20 bucks to find out if you can get rid of this issue that you're having with pain? Uh, that's that's the easiest bargain you're ever going to find. If you go to drug-free and natural way to ease your pain, go to relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. With Pat and Stu today uh, for Glenn. I uh, got an early start on Thanksgiving. 888 Surprised about that too. Like, you know, I, the 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 holiday that's celebrated by the giant meal that he would want to leave early for it, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess it starts. It he, he said he was. Surpri- I was surprised to hear him endorse the eleven day Thanksgiving feast, uh, <laughs> but he did. And but he did. Yeah, he wanted to make sure he was home the whole day because mm-hmm. if he had to separate three hours from the dinner table, I mean, die. what could happen? He could die yes. of starvation easily, mm-hmm. easily, quite easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um, man, is she uh, setting the world on fire with her brilliance? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, every time she opens her mouth, you think, "Wow, that is a bright young woman, isn't she?" Um, hmm. here what- she here she is reminding us about the three branches of government. This is pay careful attention. You might want to gather the kids around if they haven't had a civics lesson for a while, and just remind them. Um, here's Alexandria is that should we and if we work our butts off to make sure that we take back all three chambers of congress uh, rather all three chambers of government of government the presidency the senate and the house in 2020 <laughs> we can't start working in 2020 all three chambers of huh? the government the presidency the house and the senate mm, just like our founders designed yeah um, it's funny because she actually corrects herself. She realizes she's wrong and then corrects herself to something else that is also wrong. To something wrong. even more wrong, really. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're just talking about the three branches of Congress, I mean, there aren't three branches of Congress. No. The three things but, we vote for is kind of what she was going for. I, I, I guess. Yeah, right? Like, I, I mean, know. A, you know, House, Senate, uh, and Presidency are the three big elections. I mean, I, you'd put governor yeah. in that in that probably level as well for most people but you know most people aren't necessarily focusing on lo- local judicial elections like these are the big things you're fighting for you kind of get what she's going for but again all this stuff seems so unfamiliar to her which is and i think it is really what's interesting to I me i think it i think it is unfamiliar to her but i mean it's happened before with democrats so i would urge my republican colleagues uh, no matter how Chuck strongly Schumer. they feel you know, we have three branches of government. We mm-hmm. have a House, we have a Senate, we have a president, and all three... I mean, the same thing. We have a House, we have a Senate, we have a president. The three branches of government. Somebody should learn them some things. Yeah. Like, well, 
uh, we're not a democracy for one, <sighs> and then tell them what the three branches of government actually are. That would be helpful to them. Yeah, I, 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 it's very true. Uh, it would be nice. <laughs> I, I think it, it does reveal a lot about how progressives think about the world, right? They think about mm-hmm. there are three things that matter, the things that give us power. So how we got to work on those. That's exactly. really, I, I think that's, that's what it is. It. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it's it's the most important to them because it's the way that they are able to take more control over everybody's daily lives. So I'm not surprised it's a focus. Again, what's I I the Ocasio Cortez is really an interesting phenomenon to me because she is not just because like because I, I think it's it's true that she doesn't seem to be all that well informed about basic issues as, In other re- words, as relate to government. She's butt stupid. Well, some people would, is that what you're trying to say i don't not exactly oh okay again i think hmm. you know she's a 28 year old socialist right so like yeah. is it surprising that she's not going to be particularly well in tune with what's going on in the world i mean no it's not exactly a shock to me at least um but i, I am surprised at the odd level of like this halo of protection around her in that she can't be criticized and mm. she's very mm-hmm. every time someone says a word of criticism about her she accuses them of being um, obsessed with her, like stalking her essentially on the internet. Oh, Fox News is just obsessing over every video I put out. It's like I don't, I, I don't know anyone who's obsessing over her. No, uh, at least on the right. I mean, I think people are critical of her, and she's sort of the face of democratic socialism, which is something I think worth a, some certain level of obsession. Mm-hmm. You know, to to avoid mm-hmm. what they want, I think is it it, it certainly deserves our attention. And she's sort of the public face of it, fairly or unfairly. I mean, Bernie Sanders is much more like Bernie Sanders is much more an ideological democratic socialist in that he's very aware of what's going on. But again, he looks like Bernie Sanders. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a much better face for things. Yeah, she doesn't look like Bernie Sanders. She doesn't look like Bernie Sanders. So So I'd never mistake her for Bernie Sanders. No. And now she's making soup on on the internet and everyone's praising her over that like the best thing that happened on the internet is this alexandria casio cortez making soup she's made soup on instagram it's like okay i and i think she's who's getting, obsessed here it's not me i'm think, not obsessed with her soup videos not at all i'm obsessed with stopping her policies like yeah. i don't i really don't want us to have an 80 percent tax rate so yes i'm i really want what she wants to happen with our federal government to not occur but I, I, it's a personal yeah. obsession. I don't know anyone who has a personal obsession with her. But I think she gets Democratic uh, protection because they're afraid of her constituency. I, I, I think they're yeah. afraid that if she gets angry at the uh, Democrat leadership, she will sick the millennial generation on them or something. I, you know, maybe she sways her people who follow her every move. Those are the ones who are obsessed with her, like the millennials, because she's so active and she's so pretty and she's a socialist and she wants to give me free college and I want free college. You know, all of those things. And so I I think that's how she escapes the ire of, say, Nancy Pelosi, even though she participated in that protest at her office, which could not have made her happy. No, probably not. Now, I know the... um uh, the millennial thing would explain, I guess, why, you know, for Ma- Maxine Waters doesn't get this level of protection from the, the media. Maxine Waters is just as socialist as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is. Yeah. Uh, if not more. I mean, I think yeah. at least Maxine Waters has a little bit more of understand an understanding of what she's actually pushing for. Uh, very. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking very small degrees here. Uh, but uh, she, I think, is she's been around a long time. She's fought for these things for a long time. 
And she doesn't get that level of protection. When she says something dumb, people say it's dumb, generally speaking. When Ocasio-Cortez says something dumb, people are like, oh, but that's my daughter, and she's just out of college, and it's okay. <laughs> right. Of course she doesn't know yet. Yeah. And so it's a weird thing to say that about she shouldn't be in office, right? though. Right, like, that's, that's, not a, that's someone who should win on election. Again, people get the right to have the right to vote for whoever the heck they want, but it is a strange thing. She, she does not seem to have the basic understanding of the things she's speaking of, which is an issue. Yes. It's, it's kind of an issue. Yeah. And it's, it's gotten her into a little bit of trouble. The thing she said about Israel, you know, being the occupier. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's consistent with her. It is consistent with her beliefs, beliefs. system. And, but but she, you better know the details of it if you're going to try to back it up. Yes. Which she doesn't seem to do. And I don't think she has any idea. We have this uh, clip of her, too, talking about uh, the, the opposition to Nancy Pelosi. This is a, this is an interesting one. These dynamics are very interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. These little internal squabbles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about football last hour, where uh, you know the Colin Kaepernick, uh, Eric Reed is another player who's who is kneeling, and Malcolm Jenkins, who's an Eagles player, was not kneeling, but you know, friendly to the line of thinking of of the protests. Mm-hmm. And they actually got in the game because he's on Carolina now. They got in a, a game. A fight in the game, like a, almost like a fist fight before the game. Of both of them, or at least Eric Reed, accusing Malcolm Jenkins of selling out. Yeah, because he wasn't he wasn't kneeling he, enough. He, I don't, I, he made a deal or something <laughs> with the NFL that if they, I think they donated some money to his cause, and so he stopped kneeling. Right? Isn't that? I don't I, think he ever was. He wasn't. He put. He was one of the. He put his fist up or something in the air. Okay. Um, but like he had decided instead of the Colin Kaepernick way of just bitching about it and acting like you're super he important. He actually got something done. He got something done. He got a bunch of money and he and he and he's putting it towards the cause he believes in. Again, mm-hmm. I don't agree with his analysis of the situation, but at least he's trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, those squabbles are always fascinating to me. Listen to this. This is a, a Casio Cortez about uh, the Democratic group opposing Pelosi. Listen. If we are not on the same page about changing the systems and the values and how we're going to adapt as a party for the future, Mm -hmm. then what is the point of just changing our party leadership just for the sake of it? What I'm hearing from you is that you don't feel like there's an ideological or substantive sort of agenda-driven core of this objection. No, I mean, if anything, I think that what it does is that it creates a window where we could potentially get more conservative leadership. And when you actually look at the signatories, it is not necessarily reflective of the diversity of the party. We, you know, after Mm. we have about 16 signatories, uh, 14 of them are male. Uh, There are very few people of color in the caucus. There are very few, there's very few ideological diversity. Uh It's not like there are progressives Uh-oh. that are signing on. It's not like you have a broad-based coalition. Uh, so I, I find it, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not totally bought into the concept. That's, I, we, that's interesting. We, we've hit a little intersection here with uh, socialist street and racist street. <laughs> they, they come to a little intersection and someone's got to put the brakes on. Because it's okay that they can have socialist policies, but if they're not the right color... Yeah. Then they don't matter. Their obsession with what color people are. And what sex they are. And what sex they are mm-hmm. is, I think, the real racism here. Yeah. That's all they focus on. That's all they care about. They are so obsessed with race and gender that, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear that they're the ones who are always focused and concerned and worried about it. 
yeah. the rest of us don't really care. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what color you are. What what are your policies? What's your ideology? What are you are you trying to take more money out of my pocketbook? Are you trying to steal from me? That's what I want to know about. I want to know why you're carrying a pocketbook. I mean, as a man, typically <laughs> it wouldn't be the choice. But again, are uh-huh. you are you uh-huh. showing your diversity? Is Pretty that much, what you're, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's interesting. And my uh, gender fluidity. You're in, uh, and it's great. What mm-hmm. are, uh, you Thank can you. let us know next break what which one you are. All right. Or which one? Because right now 100. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, right now I'm questioning. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. So uh, it's interesting to see that happen because. First of all, there, there's a handy-dandy guide to whether what you're saying is racist. Uh, handy-dandy guide for Democrats. Mm-hmm. And it works really well. If what you're saying, just reverse the color on what you're saying, and then say it out loud and tell me if, you feel, if it feels racist. Like, here oh, you're geez. saying, um, well, there's not, there's too many, if you're saying too many men, uh-huh. or if you're saying there's too many white people, which is basically her point there. Yeah. Reverse that and say, there's too many women in the caucus, and there's too many black people in the caucus. Does that feel racist to you? If it does, what you just said is racist. It's a really easy guide. It's a really good rule of thumb. Yeah. I love it. It works every single time, too. And I think people would appreciate it. Because if people would think about it that way, these statements are all racist. All of them. When when you go into this, if what a determining factor as to what you vote for or who you support is race then you are making a race-based decision a decision based on skin color Mm. do you remember which side of the argument martin luther king came down on between skin color and uh content of character he was a content of character guy content of character guy wanted it to be content of character not skin color they've completely disowned that yeah completely disowned it and they've come to a point where the end of this solution is to get more, let's say, black people or Hispanic people or whoever. That's supposed to be. If you see that there's too many people, for example, um, uh, in uh, in a per- particular organization, that could be an indication of racism, right? Like if there's mm-hmm. if it's a if it's all white people in an organization, that could theoretically be a basis of skepticism to see if they are racist. It, could, it can make you questioning, as you just said, Pat. Right. It right. can make you question whether they are racist. However, if I were to look at the National Football League right now and see that 80% of players are African-American, despite only 14% of the population being (laughs) African-American. Now, I guess I could theoretically say there's an indication of racism. They're only hiring black people. They're hiring them at a massive rate. However, Mm -hmm. then I would maybe determine, well, maybe those individuals are better than the other individuals who happen to be white, right? Mm -hmm. What they have now done in Congress and people like uh, Ocasio-Cortez have made the mix the end game. Yes. Not to get the, not to have fair treatment, but just yes. have. Do I have the right amount of people from every group, and that when we do, the problem will be solved. And that is not. It's an it's asinine way to think about it. The point is, you're supposed to get the best people regardless mm-hmm. of skin color. If they all happen to, be, if it happens to be that eighty percent of the people in a particular organization are do the best job, and they happen to be African American, good. That's not the Democrat. Us party whiteies anymore, should try harder. That That's what that says. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. We're just talking about the um, obsession with race, especially by Democrats like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Michelle Obama was just at a recent function, and her obsession with race was amazing. And using the Stuber Gear test, where you flip what she said to be the opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. where you change the color, change change the the color, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
imagine that in your mind as uh, you hear her speak. If we're trying to get anything done and we look around and we all look alike, we're all sitting around the same table and we feel really comfortable with ourselves, we should question that hmm. at any table really? that we're at. And we should be working actively to mix it up so that we're getting a, a, a real broad range of perspectives on, on every issue. But I, you know, shoot, I would see that in, in Congress. I mean, so again, contrary to what Martin Luther King said, mm-hmm. don't judge people that are sitting at your table by the content of their character. Judge them by their skin color. Yeah. Do you have enough of the right colors of skin? As if skin every color would indicate the way you think. Yeah. As if the skin color has anything to do with the way you'd analyze a situation. Now, look, our culture, our the way we grow up has an effect on that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's not skin color. Right. Like percentage wise, you might find trends in that data, but it's not. That's not what determines it at all. Yeah. And she had more to say about and it. One of, of the most interesting points i told you about this it usually mm-hmm. at the state of the union address mm-hmm. where you know you sit in the balcony and watch the state of the union you and know you, like you do yeah like you do you know <laughs> you you see it on tv i'm in the room you know but when you're in the room what yeah. you can see is this real dichotomy that on one side of the room it's it's also it's a feeling of color almost huh. on one side of the room it's literally gray and white Literally, that's the color. Okay, listen to how disgusted she is. It's literally gray and white. Like, there's a lot of white people. It's just despicable. It's disgusting. Like white people in gray hair? Is that what she's saying? I I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. On one side of the room. Mm -hmm. On the other side. Which, by the way, isn't accurate. By the room, there's yellows and blues and and whites and greens. Physically, there's a difference in color. In the tone. Wow. Because one side, all men. (laughs) Wow. All white. All white. <laughs> On the other side, some women, <laughs> some people of color. And again, if you were to Gosh, say, yeah, look it. at the Democrat side, there's <laughs> so many blacks and Hispanics. And women. And women. Mm-hmm. And on the other side. Would that not be considered wildly racist? Exactly. This is racist stuff. One side, it's all gray and white. One side, it's all brown and black. Imagine someone saying that. I, I can't. Again, it w- it's racist because the other thing is also racist. That's why it feels racist to you to say that. Because it is. Because yes. it is racist. Yes. It's exactly, certainly by the definitions of, of today, to, to sit here and, and be largely, I mean, again, she's advocating for it to end. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Oh, over there, there's all black and brown people. We That's got to stop. <laughs> And, you know, over here on this side, it's all women and and people of color. That's got to stop. That makes you a racist if you say something like that. And Mm -hmm. similarly, if you just change a couple of words, like white to black or men to woman, both sides of them are racist. Both of them. Yeah. And I know, like, like people... Everyone on the left views these things through that prism of oppression and who's the oppressed class? And, and we're supposed to judge, I guess, an oppressed class uh, in their eyes uh, in a different way. They get different breaks. They are not supposed to be uh, criticized. I think that's Ocasio-Cortez. She's a young, uh, you know, female who is doing, you know, who is in that world where she's not allowed to to be a victim of more oppression because she's already a member of this oppressed class or multiple oppressed classes. 
you know, someone there's mm-hmm. like a, a writer uh, on some conservative site who posted a picture of her and said, like, I don't know, she looks like she's got pretty nice clothes on. Uh, I don't think she's uh, she's doing that badly. For I mean, it's pretty nice for a socialist. Like this guy just got lit up. Sure and again, did. like you could say, well, it wasn't a great comment, but like it, they treated him like he like endorsed the Holocaust. <laughs> it's like he made a quick comment about the way somebody was dressed. It's insanity. Uh, it really isn't. She's had that weird halo of protection around her at this point. I don't know how long that lasts, but for the moment, it's here. With Pat and Stu today. Uh, by the way, on Pat Gray Unleashed uh, tomorrow morning, second hour of the show, uh, we'll be doing a special Wednesday edition of Moron Trivia. Thanksgiving football. Uh, show should be fun. Where the Lions and Cowboys are always playing. And then yeah. there's a there's now a third game, which is kind of cool. Too. I love that. It's all day. I just love it. I love it. <laughs> you got the morning. You got the afternoon, and you have the evening. Game. Mm-hmm. And, that um, way, you never have to talk to a relative. <laughs> uh, that's pretty. That's it. <laughs> Which is a huge plus. <laughs> huge. Uh, so we were talking about issues of gender and gender equality, and how important that is to people. There's mm-hmm. a uh, kind of an amazing moment has occurred here uh, with uh, the women's march. Now you uh, may know the women's march as a uh, really kind of terrible uh, organization. <laughs> Um, not because women are terrible, but because, first of all, the, the first, I think they started off on the wrong foot because their first protest was literally the day of or the day after the inauguration of the president of the United States. So they didn't even give him a chance to be bad, right? Like they didn't give him a chance to be president and do something bad against women that they could fight against. They just did it the day after he entered the office. They were like, we protest his choice on the drapes. It was like, it was like there's nothing to protest yet. Uh, obviously, like they didn't like donald trump generally but like that is what the election is right you make your case there and then once the president becomes the president just like we did with barack obama by the way uh, you give him a chance to do what he does and when he starts doing things like the bailouts and uh when he starts saying in stimulus package and car- cash for clunkers he confirms what you previously believed about him and then you can say okay now we're protesting uh you know the, the tea party didn't start the day after at least to me at least on this show it didn't the day after he was elected, it was until he started doing things that, that didn't work out. It was 2010, that election, right? Not, not 2000, you know, it, it wasn't hardcore. And, you know, I think the first protest I remember about him was in April of 2009, which I think at the time Glenn even said, it's too early. He hasn't done enough yet on these issues, like taxes. It wasn't yeah. until a little later that we really, okay, this is really happening. He's really going for these things. And then you got to be out there. So that I thought was mistake number one for the women's uh, march movement. And then mistake number two was associating itself with really awful people like Linda Sarsour, who is, uh, you know, outwardly an anti-Semite and, and, and has all sorts of issues uh, that she's associated with. She's associated herself with Louis Farrakhan and will not distance herself. Uh, same thing with Tamika Mallory. These are high level people. So this has just come out from Teresa Shook. She is one of the founders of the Women's March. This is a remarkable statement. As founder of the Women's March, my original vision and intent was to show the capacity of human beings to stand in solidarity and love against the hateful rhetoric that had become part of the political landscape in the U.S. and around the world. I wanted us to prove that the majority of us are decent people who want a world that is fair, just, just and inclusive of women and all people. And all was capitalized there. So, she, you know, she meant it. Like, if, if, it's, mm-hmm. if she just had all A-L-L with all lowercase, like, that's like just a passing statement. But she capitalized the A. That means all oh, wow. people, not just men wow. and women, all the genders, all anyone, any anyone who's identifying as a person today, and that just makes it so powerful. It does with it the does. caps or an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. It's just 
It's a little scary, though. Yeah. Because you know they really are intense mm-hmm. about it then. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Uh, we proved, uh, they, they proved that they say on January 21st, 2017. Um, now she writes, Bob Bland, who I don't know, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sarsour, and Carmen Perez of Women's March Inc. Women's March Inc. I love how they turned it into a company, an incorporation, <laughs> uh, a, a cor- incorporation, um, have steered the movement away from its true course. I have waited, hoping they would write the ship, but they have not. In opposition to our unity principles, both capitalized, by the way, which makes you know it's important, they have allowed anti-Semitism, anti-L-B-G-T-Q-I-A sentiment. Wow, they're missing a Q, one Q. And, and, a, question, and a question mark, right? Yes. Or is that the other Q? And that's, yeah, the, that's mm-hmm. the other Q. Mm-hmm. But they're also missing the two. For two spirit, for two and spirit. I, that's so discriminatory. So that you spirit. haven't included the two spirit people. And I, I think we came came to the conclusion uh, a previous time doing the show together uh, that mm-hmm. we really liked Quilt Bag. Yes, um, and Quilt Bag Two, Electric Boogaloo, would cover <laughs> all of that, including the two. So I do you think you do throw in the Electric Boogaloo. I though, do at think. The end? Well, there's going to be a lot of new stuff. I I, yeah. I got to assume most of it's covered by Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> So if you do Quilt Bag 2, Electric Boogaloo, then, then you know you're tolerant. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, but in, in opposition to our <laughs> unity principles, they have allowed anti-Semitism, el- anti-Quilt Bag 2, Electric Boogaloo sentiment, and hateful racist rhetoric to become part of the platform by their refusal to separate themselves from groups that espouse these racist, hateful beliefs. I call for the current co-chairs to step down and to let others lead who can restore faith in the movement and its original intent. I stand in solidarity, and this is capitalized, so you know it's important, Oof. solidarity, mm-hmm. with all the sister march organizations to bring back the movement to its authentic purpose. As Women's March founder, I am stepping up to bring focus back to the unity principles, and that's capitalized, so you know it's important. And I am stepping up to bring back focus to, uh, 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 to uh, and with all the support of those who march and have continued to march, I pledge to support grassroots decentralized leadership, promoting decentralized leadership is an interesting thing coming from this group. They, why, why wouldn't you want it centralized? I don't understand. Central <laughs> control is so, so great. Uh, promoting a safe worldwide community devoid of hate speech, bigotry, and racism. We, this is something that we have on the right criticized the Women's March about saying, hey, uh, if you want to be taken seriously in this movement, you got to distance yourself from people like Louis Farrakhan and the people who are working with them, like Linda Sarsour, like Tamika Mallory. And uh, we're getting our wish here. Yeah. She is, I mean, the founder of the Women's March is saying, this isn't right. We're going in the wrong direction. You even saw uh, Alyssa Milano, who... After she resisted that for a long time. She did resist it for a long time. And then she also denounced them uh, and what they were doing. So there is some movement here. I think they've finally been guilted into saying, you know, maybe your advocacy of the position that Jews are bad isn't all that uh, <laughs> wonderful. And it's nice that they've they've discovered that. Um, when it comes to the connection between uh, gender and race and all these things that are so important, you hear this all the time from Democratic politicians, largely, and also in the media. It's a constant focus. This is how women will vote. This is how uh, African-Americans will vote. This is how you have to make sure you have this a number of people on, on, your, uh, on each group so we can show it's diverse. That is so common. I even get the sense, I think, that that's reality. That's how people are. Most, like, there's a split between conservatives and liberals in which liberals, you know, the left sees this as, uh, you know, vitally important diversity for diversity's sake, skin color for skin color's sake. And mm-hmm. conservatives see it as like, what about the merit of the person? Like, that's been, a, a, I feel like, a debate. 
It's not really the battle lines, though. This is fascinating. This is a poll, and this is in the Huffington Post they wrote about this. Would you say that you share a lot of common interests and concerns with other uh, people of your gender? Um, Or would you say it's not really irrelevant? Now, in my mind, Democrats are going to say it's 80% really relevant. And Republicans are going to say 80% not relevant. And in the middle, like, you know, maybe it splits out a little bit differently than that. Maybe, in the, you know, somewhere in the middle among independents. It's, that is not, this is not the case. In fact, it's really only true with female Democrats. And it's still to the, not to the scale that we're talking about. Listen to this. Female Democrats, do you believe you have a lot of common interests and concerns based on gender? Female Democrats say yes, 50%, no, 34 Now, even that to me is not nearly as high as I imagined it in my head. Based on the debates we see in politics and in media, I would would have said it would be much more dramatic than that. Female independents, 29% say, yeah, I have a lot of, I'm a woman, I have a lot lot in common with other women. Only 29%, 45% say no. Among Republicans, only 27% of females say yes, they have interests with the same common interest with other women 63 percent say no so you kind of get the, the 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 general split there but not nearly as dramatic as you'd expect what's even more interesting i think is is uh males and of course obviously as a sexist you'd expect that out of me uh male republicans only 24 percent say they have uh, something in common with other men in other words, you're thinking of yourself as part of a group and we're all in this together and we all have the same concerns because, you know, that's what it, instead you think of people as individuals. Mm-hmm. Only 24 percent say yes. 61 percent say no. Among male independents, it's actually lower. 21 percent say they have uh, something in common with their gender. 50 percent say no. So 24 percent of male Republicans say yes. Male independents, it's only 21 percent. But maybe the most shocking thing of all. The lowest support out of all these groups, male Democrats. Male Democrats say, now maybe that's because they're saying, well, well, it's because women are the important ones and not us or whatever. Only 21% say they have a lot in common um, when it comes to basing things on gender. Hmm. That's kind of a fascinating thing. Uh, When you look at some of the other findings, 52% of all Americans who identify with a political party including half of Democrats and 55% of Republicans, say they share a lot in common with their party. Now, that's one you should share a lot in common with, right? Because this is an ideologically based organization in theory, right? Like, you should have the same concerns as other Democrats. Why would you be a Democrat? How would you answer that question, though? Would you say you have a lot in common with the Republican Party? Right now, I'd probably say no. no, I'm not not a Republican or uh, an independent, so I wouldn't necessarily, and neither are you, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're not a Republican, registered Republican. Although, you know, I certainly typically vote for more republicans and democrats um i vote with a lot of libertarians as well but again if you're in a party and i don't take that stance largely because i don't believe in the way the party system works i don't like it mm-hmm. so i don't uh i don't join a party but if i'm going to join a party what reason would you join a party other than the ideas and concerns being similar like that number should be 100 percent now you maybe mm-hmm. there's people in there you could say well i disagree with what we're doing and i'm fighting against it However, if that's true, like there's also an argument to just find a new party, right? Like go go to a party that's like the party is just supposed to identify your values and, and try to push them over the line in elections. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be a group you are uh, aligned with your entire life. We saw this a lot with you know people who were Democrats in the 50s, 
you know, and they really love, they were the, they were the, you know, fifties Democrats and they remained Democrats through the eighties when the Republicans were much closer to their views than the Democrats of the eighties were, mm-hmm. but they remained Democrats because they were loyal to that party and it was part of their identity, right? They, they, they saw it as part of their core, which is not what a party is supposed to do for you. It's not, I mean, they change all the time. We see them change on positions all the time. If you're changing with them, that's fine. As long as you're leading that, not them. They shouldn't be leading you to a new position. Uh, black Americans were split 38-34 as to whether or not they had much in common with others who share their race or ethnicity. Would you believe that? Looking at the way we are told that African Americans vote in lockstep. They never disagree with each other. All they do is care about racism. The way the media mm-hmm. paints the African American in this in this country is a crime. They, they paint them as mindless oh, yeah. people who just will always vote with Democrats and they don't think for themselves and they can't get ID. <laughs> and it's like, who, who are these? I don't know any African-Americans like that. African-Americans I know think for themselves, just like every mm-hmm. other race and every other group. You know, I, like it's insulting. And somehow the media gets away with and this. Bleeding because, and bleeding uh, and acting otherwise is racist. Yeah. They're not. A, the, the, groups are, are. It's a terrible way to identify people. You know, you are an individual. And I know as conservatives, we understand that. The media just likes to lump everybody in groups so they can talk generally about them. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible idea. It's actually the core of what racism was, right? Yes. When you think of people as groups instead of individuals, this is when you you have lots of problems. It's how anti-Semitism exists. Those Jews do X, Y, and Z. There may be a person who is Jewish who does things that you don't like, and that's okay. The media should learn that about George Soros. Who's, I mean, you know, really more of an atheist at this point. But still, the point is that, like, you can criticize someone as they do with Jared Kushner, with Ivanka Trump, they with Sheldon Adelson. They're fine finding criticism there. It doesn't make them anti-Semitic. Of course not. But when a conservative says something bad about you know Chuck Schumer, well, then it's just because we're anti-Semites. George Soros, oh, you're just an anti-Semite. It's Jewish money you're, consider- you're criticizing. It has nothing to do with it. He is making decisions that we don't like politically. And that should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 30% of Americans younger than 30 um, say they have a lot in common with others their age. A third of those, age 45 to 64, uh, say uh, they, they agree with that. So not a huge amount there. But again, that's an interesting point. And then when it comes to uh, income, people making less than 50 grand a year um, say they have, about a third of them say they have a lot in common with people in their income group and it's lower when it, when you get more wealthy 50 59% of um uh of Americans who describe themselves as born again or evangelical Christians say that they share many interests and concerns with other of faith others of faith that one should be higher and 59% is the highest number on this poll but again if you're in a faith definitely you should really consider yourself aligned with others as far as concerns go <laughs> because yes. i mean that's kind of the whole base ideological groups you should find a lot of the similar interests and concerns. Skin color, you shouldn't. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. With Pat and Stu today. Hey, we're going to tell you uh, coming up here in a few minutes about the new nickname President Trump has for Joe Biden. It is, it's perfect. <laughs> it is a perfect nickname also ivanka trump is in trouble because uh she's got a private email server that she's been sending out government business on and so now the democrats are getting together and chanting lock her up isn't that adorable that's cute because the 
uh, Republicans chanted lock her up when it was Hillary doing it. And she was Secretary of State. <laughs> so they, uh, they're just... It's also sexist, if I remember right, uh, from the mm. media's perspective. When they mm-hmm. said lock her up, it was sexist. And now... Now, no, now it's, okay. no, it's wonderful now. Okay. Yeah, now it's wonderful. I understand. All right. That and more coming up on the Glenn Beck Program with Pat and Stu. Our sponsor this half hour is Home Title Lock. A home Title Lock is, they actually showed us how they go and, and, and how the criminals can do home title fraud. Where they Literally just, takes them like 15 or 20 minutes, yeah, 15, 20 minutes. To, to take your uh, title. Yeah, and they can, uh, they can take it and, and borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've decided um, to stop doing radio and just go into business. It was so easy to do. Mm-hmm. I got to believe that I can probably get away with it. I know all the... Mm-hmm. You know, just go and you just start taking mm-hmm. people's homes, borrowing against their equity, and then spending the money on yourself. Yeah. That's what criminals are doing. Um, and they they can find your home as well, especially if you don't protect yourself. I want to stop it. Yeah. Go into HomeTitleLock.com. Yeah. HomeTitleLock.com. It's pennies a day. They put a virtual uh, barrier around your title and mortgage. Uh, and the, 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 as soon as they find tampering, they're going to shut it down for you. Find out if you're already a victim. Get the $100 search free with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Glenn Beck. With Pat and Stu today, uh, we're going to talk about Ivanka here. But uh, first of all, I, I just I want everybody to understand that day after tomorrow, it's going to be Thanksgiving, the Macy's Day Parade and all that. It could be the coldest ever in New York City. Really? Which, of course, means global warming has kicked into gear again. Global warming. <sighs> Is this weather weirding again? It's Anna? weather weirding mm. because it's colder than usual, which which means global warming and when it's warmer than usual that of course also uh, means global warming if there's extra snow obviously global warming and if there's no snow that's global warming so just know that when you're uh if you go to the the parade uh thursday and the balloons aren't able to fly because it's so freezing cold and windy uh and you're standing there shivering watching marching bands go by it's global warming that's hmm. responsible for that now this is happening despite kyoto energy park Yes, and it's well. It's it's really happening because Trump pulled us out of the Paris Accord. Oh. Otherwise, we'd have this problem fixed. Yeah, it would be fixed by now. Yeah, I would assume though. I thought Kyoto Energy Park was going to be enough because uh, Australia did this. They uh, it was a a shining example uh-huh. of renewable energy generation, and it uh, received fast track state government approval a decade ago. Now, look, they just. They didn't really go all out on it. They only gave it $200 million. Now, what are you going to do with $200 million? How much would have been going all out? I feel like $600 trillion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that I think you're right. That I mean, would be all out. I'd prefer a quadrillion. Yeah, even, yeah. But a $600 trillion investment, I mean, is that not enough for our future? I mean, is, that, is that too much for your kid's life? Here's the thing. Here's the question mm-hmm. you need to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you afford not to do it? <laughs> that's the question that's a great question thank you um so it was initially intended to construct uh it was going to uh, construct a park in stages starting with on-site facilities followed by wind solar and mini hydro infrastructure to show everybody you know australia is green like they've, mm-hmm. we've got this whole thing wrapped up project had experienced numerous delays blamed on unfavorable government f- policies and investor uncertainty hmm um, residents were advised in 2016 that work was due to start that year. Now, remember, this was 2008. The funding was approved. <laughs> um, they decided Jeez. to uh, put it uh, into uh, into uh, effect. Okay. And um, now a cloud, however, is hanging over the $200 million project. Oh, don't say that. After the company behind it went into administration. <laughs> 
So shockingly, the company behind it is now going bankrupt. And, uh, <laughs> it's not, apparently this is huh. not going to solve the climate catastrophe. Oh darn it! Which is on I the, had high hopes way. for it. Yeah. I really did. It did. I mean, that's uh, it's sad. Yeah. Between the uh, the energy park and the Paris Accord, which, by the way, if you ever look at the details of the Paris Accord, are is absolutely fascinating. None of the things they say about it are actually true. It's like a promise. They, they're like, oh, well, we're going to reverse this 0.7 degree temperature rise. And mm-hmm. We're going to limit the amount mm-hmm. of emissions in the atmosphere. That's not what the Paris Agreement actually does. What the Paris Agreement does is it has an agreement, a non-binding mm-hmm. agreement, to do one, I believe it's one one thousandth of what that goal is. So it's not the whole goal. They've agreed okay. in a non-binding <laughs> fashion to go one one thousandth of the way to the goal they talk about every time they talk about the Paris Accord. And you've heard Al Gore himself talk about the Paris Accord, right? Um, when he said... All 195 nations, not 194, met their targets, it still wouldn't solve the problem. Uh, th- that is correct. Heck, ha- <laughs> uh, th- 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 that is correct. However, however it sends a very powerful signal. That's exactly okay, so it, it would have sent. It would have sent a very powerful signal that we want to correct it. We're not correcting it, but this sends the signal that we want to. And that okay, is okay. Well, that's is that really worth screwing up our economies and spending trillions of dollars? <laughs> By their own admission, the Paris Accord does virtually nothing. It really does. Virtually nothing. Nothing. Um, and uh, that is what all of this is about. It's all mm-hmm. about signaling your virtue, right? It's about saying, you know, it's about throwing mm-hmm. up a, a couple of, you know, it's about driving a Prius so everyone sees you in your Prius. Yes. You know, you go back and look at the yeah. polling on the people who drive and buy Priuses. First of all, they make over $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're some of the wealthiest people around. So when it comes to subsidizing those purchases, this would not be uh, what you're talking about when you talk about the wonderful progressive goal of helping the poor. You're helping rich people buy cars. So you help rich people mm-hmm. buy cars to make yourself feel good. And then when you poll the people who bought the Prius, what they say is the most important reason, the reason why they bought it is to tell so that people know, uh, So c- because it says something they're about them. signaling. Right, right. Because the most important thing is because it <laughs> says something about them. Yeah. It's uh, they care. And that's the important thing. It is. They right? care. Doing something about the problem, if you think it's a problem, certainly is not the most important thing. No. Uh-uh. Doing, well, it's always, that's always their battle cry. Mm-hmm. We, well, we've got to do something. They don't care about the right thing. Doing the right thing. No, we just do Something. Something. And right now, one of the things they're doing is uh, trying to pin Ivanka Trump with the same problem that Hillary had when uh, President Trump had everybody chanting, lock her up. They're going to be able to to uh, drum her out of the picture in the White House? Right. right. Because, I mean, we have to go back and revisit the lock her up thing. Mm-hmm. This was seen as a sign of sexism by Republicans who uh, wanted to lock up Hillary Clinton with no evidence, no trial, uh, showed that they don't mm-hmm. care about due process, showed that they uh, they just wanted to... Now, of course, what we all know is it was a, you know, a little bit over-the-top uh, chant about saying we don't want her to be president of the United States, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, it was a dumb part of a mm-hmm. political election, like locking mm-hmm. her up, like, obviously, uh, let's all be clear about this, obviously Donald Trump does not think that she should be locked up, because if he did, he would do something about it. 
He's president of the United States. He controls these levers. He's done nothing in two years about it. He does not, he, he does not think she should be locked up. <laughs> he could say all he wants. He wants her to be locked up, but he was doing that as it's basically yeah. a campaign tactic. He has the ability to do something about this and hasn't done anything about it. Now, who knows? Maybe he will in the future if he thinks it's a, it's a positive uh, thing. But he said right after the election, look, I think we've done enough to her. I think the family's gone through enough. Yeah. Now, that's not how the law yeah. works. I don't know if anyone knows this. When you commit a crime, that we don't, we're not supposed to say, well, look. Ah, they've been through look, enough. His daughter. They got a lot yeah, of negative she, publicity. Don't leave him alone. His daughter lost the prom queen thing, first of all. Uh, she didn't make the, the cross-country team. And now, yeah. and just because her dad robbed yeah. a bank, we can't do that to her as well. Keep Come her. on. She, he doesn't need to go to prison for that. That's not how that works, right? <laughs> if you commit a crime, you should be investigated for it. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, you know, we're somehow embracing this uh, idea that because she's a what, powerful political figure who's going, is probably close to, if not a billionaire, who has lost a, a political election. Like, so she gets out of whatever crime she committed. Like, that's not a sensible way of dealing with this. And I think the real, reality of it is is when they look at it like, you know, could you go after her if you really wanted to? Yeah, you probably could. I mean, she did seemingly mm-hmm. do things that were in violation of rules and and probably uh, illegal in some way, but it would be difficult to prove. It would be a very large undertaking. It would cost a fortune. It would be a massive thing that, that tore apart the country even more than it already is. And for that reason, it's just not worth the hassle, I think. It's, it's probably not. She's not going to jail for 50 years over it, you know, over the mm-hmm. email thing. And who knows, maybe she would have if we saw all of her emails, right? But we didn't. So that's, a whole, that's the whole reason why that uh, crime exists in the first place. The Ivanka thing is a totally different story. And what the media is doing, and it's fascinating coming from the media, in that every single time uh, you say, well, Barack, wait, wait, you're saying you're complaining about Donald Trump separating kids on the border? Well, look at these pictures from the Barack Obama administration. And they'll say, oh, what about ism? Are you, uh, is this more whataboutism? What's going on right now? What's important now? So this is just blatant whataboutism. You complained about Hillary Clinton and her emails during the campaign. And now Ivanka Trump Ivanka? has sent emails yep. from a private email address and, and about work issues. And now you don't care. This is the same story and we should all care about it the same way. Stunningly, some uh, actual sense, I guess, is coming from MSNBC on this issue, who's separating wow. the issue a little bit. Here's the segment from their uh, their coverage this morning. Listen. In both cases, these women used private email accounts to communicate with government officials. Both women used private attorneys to determine what emails should be reviewed and which should be retained. And like Trump, Clinton pleaded ignorance of the rules surrounding email usage. But there are important differences as well. Trump's use of private email appears to cover about seven months, from February 2017 until last fall. Hillary Clinton used it for all four years that she served as Secretary of State. According to people familiar with an internal review that began last year, Trump's attorney found less than 1,000 emails that discussed her official schedule and fewer than 100 that discussed government business with other administration officials. By comparison, Clinton's attorneys determined that about 30,000 of Clinton's emails (laughs) addressed official business and had to be turned over to the State Department. According to the (laughs) FBI, another 31,000 emails 
files were deleted after Clinton determined that they were okay, personal. How many for Obama? Trump's attorney says none of her emails oh. were deleted. Trump's attorney oh. also insists none of her emails contained classified information. Mm -hmm. And so far, none have been uncovered. Oh. But we don't know. We haven't seen the rest. On the other hand, the State Department determined more than 2,000 of Clinton's emails <laughs> included classified information. So and zero. in some cases, same they were thing. marked So it's the same secret. thing. Right? Right. Hey, sure, in Hillary's case, it's like maybe 61,000 mm -hmm. uh, emails that had to do with uh, sensitive government information uh, to maybe less than 100 of Ivanka's. Mm -hmm. And you know that they, I mean, the Secretary of State is probably privy to some pretty serious information that yeah. she could be sharing on these e emails. I, I'd also note the first daughter is not held to the standard of right. the Secretary of State. Yes. Now, she is an advisor to the president, so she has some role formally in the government, I guess, But mm -hmm. you know, and she has to follow these rules just like everybody else. But again, 100 emails versus 30,000. Deleted emails, it was zero versus 30,000. Uh, it was four years rather than a few months. Uh, I mean, all of these... like. I will, the one thing I will say about it from the uh, negative perspective on you know, Ivanka and others who have been in the administration who have done this is because it was such a big deal during after the election. After all of this, you should know that, better. You should know better. Yeah. You shouldn't. You, you yeah. got to. I mean, you just know this is going to be a problem because of what a big problem it was for Hillary during the election. And, and you should probably make sure you're just on government email all the time unless it's private business. That is... A lot of these wind up being, though, um, you know, tied together. And 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 Hillary tried to make this point with some of the things that she did. Some of them were absolutely not this way. But like, if you're sending a, if I'm, if we're saying, you know, if tonight I'm going to Creed Two, very excited to go see Creed Two. And if I'm in the government and I'm like, well, I got to find a time. I'm going to see Creed Two. What time do I need to go? What does my schedule look like? And they send back my schedule. Technically, that's government business, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. Can that be on a private email server? Sure. Right, like in in theory. The mm -hmm. other point I would bring up, though, is th is that one. It there's a difference between a private e private email account and a private email server. If you are doing a, a private email account, you open up a Gmail, you open a Yahoo account, whatever you have. Uh, Hotmail.com. A lot of people. H o t m a l e dot com. A lot of people on that. Uh, if you're on Hotmail.com, you are your stuff is all stored by you know G Google or whatever else. And if it needs to be seen, that there's an availability to get it. You can't delete all your emails out of your Gmail account. At least there's, there's ways that Google can get them if, like, let's say they're subpoenaed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Google will work within those legal restrictions. If you have a private email server, there's a reason you do that. The reason you do that is to pull all of that outside of it. Why? Google's free, right? Like, if you want to... Um, if you want to go and, and send emails about cooking recipes, you can do that over Google pretty safely. Um, when you do a private email server, there's a, you are launching intent. Hillary Clinton knew she was going to run for president again, did not want all of her emails to be public, so she didn't send them on the government accounts. And then when she set up her private server, she deleted 30,000 of them, uh, knowing that no one could recover them. Mm -hmm. You couldn't. You most likely would not get away with that if you were. And on they might Gmail. have all been sensitive. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know because we we haven't seen them. We don't. We don't get the chance to read them. Let's just say, Pat, you were going to send an email mm -hmm. that was sensitive in nature that you knew if it came out would affect your future presidential campaign. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you had a choice whether to send it to through 
a a, a government account yeah. b a public popular gmail type account or mm-hmm. c your own private server that exists in your home that you could light on fire <laughs> that if nobody you want, could see that nobody can see and no one has access huh. to which one would you choose that is a hard one and it, um, and then when can you I phone knew, a friend you can okay. but let me give you one more piece of information because it's right. going to be hard for the friend mm-hmm. if you had a situation in which you knew uh, you there might be one of these um, uh, political controversies coming up mm-hmm. and you were going to choose which ones to delete would you say delete 29,500 emails that were just about cooking and 500 of the most sensitive, terrible things you don't want in public. Or would you just, was it just recipes? If you had that opportunity to get rid of all those private emails about your grandkids Mm -hmm. and you could just throw in a couple more slipped in there that happen to be the things that make me look bad, which one would you choose? Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Do you want to phone a friend? Let me give you the name. Hillary Clinton. Phone her. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> she should know yeah, by now right? right she should know better but everybody should though yeah you should they, and so yeah just the appearance of it is unfortunate it's a political mistake unfortunate we said like this scott pruitt was was guilty of this occasionally the guy who was in epa uh initially in the trump administration did a lot of really good things at the epa but he he mm-hmm. was once he got into this realm of like he was being talked about as this corrupt guy who was doing all these things that he shouldn't be doing after that you can't order the thousand dollar pens yeah. Right. Like, I, you yeah, shouldn't yeah. be ordering them anyway. And is it a huge controversy? A thousand dollars in the government? I mean, come on. They, they, you know, they order that in catering five times a day. However, mm-hmm. when you know that you're already under that microscope, scope, be careful with that stuff. And I think the Trump administration should learn that lesson. They should know that they shouldn't absolutely give any of this material absolutely. to the to the to the media. Yeah. But again, I give MSNBC some credit there. They actually characterized that pretty accurately. They kind of did. Yeah. Triple eight. 727-B-E-C-K. With Pat and Stu. Uh, by the way, check out my show, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this one every weekday. Uh, 6 to 8 Central. It's actually 7 to 9 uh, Eastern. Uh, and tomorrow, it's a special edition of More on Trivia as we get into the Thanksgiving holiday. 888-727-B-E-C-K. I, <laughs> I love this decision from the uh, Trump 2020 campaign team. They have apparently come up with a with some nicknames. They were trying to f- they're trying to give nicknames to all the uh, Democrats who will potentially run against him for president. And so uh, one of the people that they've been working on is Joe Biden because Joe Biden is as you, as you mentioned yesterday Stu, what like 20 points ahead of the second place contender. Yeah, the poll, a poll that was taken in October has uh, Joe Biden at 33% among Democrats. And I believe was it, it was Elizabeth Kam- Warren or Elizabeth Warren or Kamala second, Harris was second. One of the two. 13%. Yeah. That's amazing. Big, big lead. And then Sanders Huge. was behind that, I think, at like 12 or 11. Uh, and I don't think Hillary was in that. So no. if Hillary jumped in, it might change things. But anyway, right now it looks like Joe Biden is, is the main uh, candidate in the Democrat Party. That everybody thinks, you know, would have a chance to unseat President Trump. So, they, you know, it, uh, Trump is really good at these nicknames. And it kind of sticks when he starts calling people Crooked Hillary, Lying Ted. All of those things pretty much worked. Mm-hmm. The name they have tentatively decided upon for Joe Biden if he runs is Creepy Joe. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Fantastic. He is very creepy. Creepy. He is. We've talked about his creepiness before, where he's got this propensity for 
touching women seemingly inappropriately that he doesn't know that he's kind of hangs on them and and hovers around them and paws at them yeah another thing he seems to like to do and this is something you'll notice if you look at a bunch of pictures of joe in these situations is he likes to uh sniff the back of women's ears (laughs) yeah you'll notice it look at look at the pictures icky Mm -hmm. and again Mm -hmm. creepy (laughs) it's creepy joe it's it's a good name it's gonna stick Mm -hmm. if he uses it and if joe runs so just know that joe when you get in you're going to become known as not middle class joe that everybody calls you usually in the in the press well because you told him to uh but it'll be creepy joe from now on uh look what the cat dragged in that was a big cat that was a cat the size <laughs> of an elephant mm-hmm. uh, that dragged in uh, uh, Jeff Fisher. Cat. <laughs> it was just an elephant. It, it was an elephant. It was an elephant. Dragged Jeffy in. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was a pack of elephants that dragged him in because just one wasn't enough. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> it's good to see you too, Pat. Really good to see you. See you tomorrow morning. I'm more on trivia too. Yeah, Can't yeah, wait. Yeah. yeah. Can't It'll wait. be fun, won't it? It will be. I know it you're will, looking forward oh, to man. it. So. I, I love it. And, you can hear, and actually, we've had a great season. Uh, you can hear Jeffy every day on his mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, uh, Chewing the Fat, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. available wherever uh, free podcasts are sold. When does that um, uh, download, for instance? Uh, well, Where, when could I get the new one? The new one would be at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday huh. through Friday. All right. Amazing. Mm. Okay. Now, wow, I, how wonderful. You know, I heard you talking a little bit about Thanksgiving and people preparing for Thanksgiving, but really, you know, that people that think that you have to starve, mm-hmm. you know, before Thanksgiving. No, that's that, the that's wrong way to go. That's the wrong way. No, you got to eat more. Yes. To, to kind of stretch out your yes. stomach. You, gotta, you have to yeah. continue on. You can't starve yourself. Otherwise, you're no good on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to power through these things. You've taught us a lot about Thank overeating. Well, and I appreciate it. I've taught, I, mean, I just want people to feel free to <laughs> no, I know eat you what they want. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's exactly it. We uh, appreciate your expertise. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. There's a couple of a uh, couple of stories, a couple of uh, big time uh, females that are in a little bit of trouble. Oh, no. and I feel sad. I feel sad for this this particular person, Taylor Swift. You know, she took a big heat for getting involved in the Tennessee Senate race, and people and were all wound up. Agonizing. At her. Yeah, I and know. She, she they, by the way, her candidate lost badly. Yeah, too. it was Huge. not a, good. Yeah. But she, and this is how bad it hurt her, she now is uh, number two on the highest paid women in music list. So, oh, oh man, well. it hurt her a lot. Oh, is there any evidence that the two are tied together, or are you just making that I'm up? I'm just making it up. Okay. <laughs> I kind of thought so. Uh, I'm just making it up. Number one, what you do, right? Like, you, right. you just make things up. Who's number one now? Katy Perry. Oh, a Clinton supporter. So, so yeah, that must have, the, the one that hurt them the, both. The one who actually sang the Hillary Clinton campaign yeah, yeah, she's theme song. Yes, yeah, she's number one. She apparently was not punished oh, for endorsing Hillary Clinton, but Taylor Swift was. Correct. For, but Taylor will probably take number one again because I know she just signed a new record deal, too, oh, for man. another $100 million. So she's She is pretty unstoppable. Not bad. I will I say one of the craziest things, like no one pointed out about that whole Taylor Swift endorsement, which, by the way, I mean, she really did. Blackburn won pretty easily yeah. in that race. It was supposed to be close. Um, but uh, the, the craziest part about that is like, she waited till literally the day after her tour ended to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she didn't come mm-hmm. on. She was on stage the previous night in Dallas, Texas. She could right. have announced her big political views then, mm. uh, but apparently nope. uh, didn't want to do that in front of a big live stage. Nope. So uh, no. Another person in trouble, uh, Stormy Daniels. And I know you'll be sad about this. But, oh, no. But, uh, Stormy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no, she's. She's been uh, in the news quite a bit. She attacked uh, President Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, now she says that uh, because of that, her uh, pornography career is completely ruined. Oh, it's ruined. I, I disagree. I thought it was with that. over already. I th- 
Oh, I disagree. I mean, you want to have, be in the forefront. Yeah, I thought she was retired from porn stardom. Well, it had hurt her, right? She had to go on tour, and she did some of the some of the places were uh, actually looking out for people to touch her and arrest them and everything, which they normally wouldn't do. But because mm-hmm. it was stormy and it was uh, she was anti Trump, it shut down oh, a lot of so gigs. They thought that she could they could touch her because of that. Yeah, well, or, no, no but, the other way around. Yeah, right? the other way around. Yeah, oh. she so that you know when you go to events, you sometimes reach out and touch the people performing, and the performers may touch you. It's just part uh, of the. Is that okay? Is it? It's part of the performance. It, well, no, oh, no, it's okay. not. All right, <laughs> no, it's not. But most places, you know, may overlook that. Uh, uh, but because it was Stormy Daniels, the police couldn't. were like, no. So if you go in, let's say mm. she's doing a gig in a maybe a Trump-friendly area. Correct. The uh, the local authorities might pick that day pick to go a, to and anything. do a spot check. Right, and spot mm. check mm. everything. Now, I, I was reading that article, and it said something about her uh, writing career in the porn industry has been put on hold. And I didn't realize, I mean, there, I know there's complex storylines in porn movies. Mm-hmm. I, I said... I'm glad it's you're interesting aware. that she, uh, you know, um, not, everybody can't do it. She develops those complex right. stories. Well, everybody lines. can't just write a porn I mean, the movie. Dial, no, the dialogue alone is so difficult to noodle out that. <laughs> oh, um, oh, it's you. Come in. <laughs> Ding <I mean>, dong. <laughs> pizza delivery. Come on in. We're just out by. The, we're just out, out. We're just out by the pool. Come on. <laughs> Uh, this is a really good plot, by the way. They just came up <laughs> Thank with you. right. That was really good. Complex. Do you write? No. Are you screenwriter in the industry? Uh, Part time. Oh, Part time. Right. Yeah. Part time. Well, there is a lot of production that goes into these. There's all kinds of productions, and that's one of the things. You know, look, it has been. You know, when you watch a lot of the movies, you see them in the same place. Oh yeah. The same house. Oh, the the porn industry will rent a house for a day and mm-hmm. film. You know, twenty or thirty movies. Oh, don't say that. Because I I did stay in a porn house once. What <laughs> really? In fact, our uh, our our wonderful host Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually the one I would say was responsible for this happening because oh my god, this is we were in L.A. Oh, gosh, it was uh, just a six month or months. Two ago. It was a few months mm-hmm. before. It was six months ago, maybe. Oh, is it that long? Maybe not. I mean, it was it was this huh. year though for sure. And okay. we're so we're in L.A. and it, it, you <laughs> we go to this house and it's it's exactly what you would picture a house. Like what? What would a porn director think rich people have? This is what it felt like. So it's right. it was very white and modern. White and modern, wide open space. Wide open spaces, front, lots of glass together. everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of everything in like different floors and uh, and and like a big open pool, yeah. but protected, somewhat private, with really mm-hmm. like nice views. And and it, so the way it was, I don't know if it's like an Airbnb or something, but it was like all of us. The whole show went out to this. Instead of getting you know twelve hotel rooms, we had a bunch of people out there. Because uh, we did the yeah, TV I mean, we, and radio we did show it when there. we went to the Super Bowl in San Francisco too. We yeah, played at the house. Yeah, there, yeah. I, don't, I didn't know that. That I, one was not a porn show. You don't no, know that uh, porn house. You don't, well, I'm going fi- to find out pretty soon. I'll tell you that. Well, it was so, Nicholas Cage's house. So <laughs> his old house. So it's possible. His old house. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> so when we pull into the house, uh, one of the people I will not out this person, but one of the people who <laughs> who was with us traveling says, and it wasn't Jeffy. Shockingly, one of the people says, "Wait a minute, I've stayed in this house before." And so, <laughs> how do you, will you stay nice. that's, that's random. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and you know what? It's a porn house. <laughs> now, I didn't know there was such a thing as a porn house, but apparently, like, very commonly, 
the same, as Jeffy just pointed out, yeah. the same sets get used because you can just rent the house for a day and film right. a bunch of stuff at the same time. So uh, apparently he had stayed in this house earlier with a previous radio show that I won't name and uh, for protecting the innocent here. And while they were there, they were like, this looks like a porn house. I bet this has been a porn house. And they assigned one of the producers find, find the movie it. that this house was in. So, they, nice. so of course, like, what, how many porn movies are, I mean, every day there's probably 7,000 made. That's my, my I, I don't know, right? At least. So how could you ever find it? So they, they, they stay at the house for like a week. They leave. Two months later, he gets a text. I found it. <laughs> so he had done some research. He had done a lot of research. Uh-huh. That's a good this. bit right there. Wow. It sent a screenshot mm. of one of it. the scenes. My gosh. That's out by the pool area. Uh-huh. Now, God only knows what else happened in this house. I mean, I, I went oh. immediately into emergency surgery to just, please, just dump, like, bleach into my I body to disinfect. Well, they icky. do clean it. That's icky. You would assume they clean, they clean it. it. Though, you know, I think potentially Oof. lighting it on fire is a better solution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently it was actually a, a, a porn house, and, and God only knows how many movies have been made of this thing, because <laughs> it just, it's exactly what you would think, like, Ron Jeremy would think is the place to own right. it, right? Like, it's that type of I love uh, the, situation. It's very, I found it. <laughs> I, I found love it. the I found too. I found it. you got to love the dedication of a young producer. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're just watching hours and hours and hours of porn to try to find, to quote unquote, try F- to find, find the, the house. house. <laughs> like, I've got a free pass. It's work. I swear. <laughs> so that's a, That is man. fantastic. Congratulations to... Uh, uh, Jim Acosta, too, by well being back into the uh, White House fray mm-hmm. of things. And the White House has now sent uh, their rules for the journalists to uh, to go. But this kind of goes uh, to my theory uh, a while ago. And I thought for sure it was going to happen this time around. And it's going to happen soon. But I think Trump is just going to cancel the daily briefing. Just cancel it. Stop doing I mean, it. We're not going to do it anymore. Follow yeah. me on Twitter. Shut up. When there's something, catch me mm-hmm. out on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. Catch me on the way to the helicopter. Uh, if there's something important, I'll call you in. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we're I mean, because he's not mm-hmm. required to do it. Right? No, you um, don't have to. And I will say, Trump does way less press conferences than any previous president. He does not come out and do formal press conferences very often. It's but he catches, mm-hmm. he answers stuff all the time. I mean, they're asking but, but yeah, all he, the time. He does a lot of informal stuff, and that's the way he deals with the press, which I think there's no mm-hmm. problem with that at all. I mean, I think sometimes there is value in the formal press conference with the president because. You know, you're setting a date. People are prepared to get their their best questions in theory. Like it's, yeah. you know, and he he did one. He's that one yeah, was that was one, one example. He does one, them occasionally, but very infrequently. However, the daily press briefing with Sarah Huckabee Sanders has she been doing them? I haven't seen them anymore. Is she still doing them? As far as, far as I know, I don't know. She goes on trips with with Trump, so she's still around. You know what I mean? There's been yeah. reports that she was. On her way out. Yeah, I don't think I don't that's true. That, I think I she's, think that's true she's still there. But they, you, maybe the media has just stopped covering them every day. Where like they used to. Oh, that's possible. They used to put them on TV Which every also, single day. And then that boats to, we just don't do them. Mm-hmm. We just won't do them. You're not going to cover them. We're not going to do them. That's fine. Get out of here. I, we'll call I, you. I mean, I, it, they are just shows. And it's it's the this is mm. the problem with the people like Jim Acosta, who is using that not to try to get to any truthful they, answer. He has about absolutely question. no care for he, that. He's trying to, you know, make more people download his, like, you know, you know, the Jim Acosta Future podcast that he's going to host. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he wants to be on movie posters or what, you know, he's trying to make a big deal out of himself. He wants to sell his book or whatever. No doubt about whatever it. Whatever this leads to. Acosta yep. wants the attention. 
Yes. This is all about attention for Jim Acosta. He's the most self-aggrandizing mm-hmm. person in the media. You know, you were talking earlier about uh, I don't know, Cortez making soup. And we have uh, how people are, you know, just enamored with uh, her making soup on Instagram. Yes. And it's, they're calling it the new fireside chat. And you saw that uh, Beto O'Rourke, how uh, they were all crazy about him making steak on, on his, on his uh, making steak and cutting up steak. And it was just a beautiful thing. And he's so hot. And so oh now, gosh. remember when he said that he wasn't going to be running for president yeah. in two years? That yeah. did, you, did you even believe him at all no. when he said that? <laughs> not nope. a chance. Not a word Because it. now, you know, he's open. Oh, is he already? He's open. He's, he's already uh, open yeah, to, to a know, run. I, wow, it's been a full, like, week yeah. since he said he wasn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I, so, it's a Democratic Party. I'm out there. You know, it's possible. Uh-huh. It's possible. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> 888-727-BECK. Are you dreading that awkward Thanksgiving dinner conversation that inevitably turns to politics? Hey, Susan, could you pass the brown gravy, please? I don't know, Ted. Can it cross your wall of bread without being turned back? Oh, here we go. Don't get trapped. Get prepared. By reading Glenn Beck's new book, Addicted to Outrage. And you might want to pick up a couple of extra copies for your less enlightened family members. You know immigrants built this country. Oh, I'm going to vomit. Addicted to Outrage, the new book from Glenn Beck. Available everywhere books are sold. With Pat and Stu and uh, Jeffy, uh, whose podcast you can check out wherever podcasts are sold for oh, yes. free, just like mine. Pat Gray Unleashed, you'll find it there, and then you'll find the Jeffy podcast, should for some reason you want to. And what's it called again? Uh, um, chewing the Fat. All right. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Is there like a picture of you there? That we're... Oh, on a steak, right? Isn't there a picture of you on a steak? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's priceless. My face, my that face is, is priceless. branded on a steak, isn't it? It's, it's priceless because oh, it, it was chosen by someone else, if I I'm know. not mistaken. I was chosen by someone else. <laughs> was it, what so about the funny. name? You came up with a name, though, right? That was not Pat. Well, that was, uh, I came up with the name. Yeah, oh. Pat, we, yeah. from Pat Gray mm-hmm. Unleashed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you thought about that because that's a common phrase to use. It's a common phrase when you're having a conversation out. with someone, you know, yeah. chewing the fat. That's what you do. It's an old phrase. Yeah, it's a... Just an old, an old phrase. Is there right. any other meaning to it? Is there any other alternative? If there is, I certainly of. hadn't thought of it. <laughs> oh, you mean the Jeffy's uh, overweight. overweight? Yes, I see. I was... Oh, wow! I just got that. The, the, you could use it, it. You could think of it that way, couldn't you? I guess someone could. But like, why? <laughs> why would you? That's a fair point. Why would you? <laughs> why would you? Now, you don't why go into you? politics all that much no, on the podcast. No, not really. I mean, I, th- look, that's for you guys. It's an escape. Yeah, yeah, a little that's bit. for you guys. Mm-hmm. And Glenn likes to, you know, the founding fathers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> but, <laughs> I love that attitude. Yeah. Founding fathers, oh, blah, 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 blah. What I who care cares? about is stories, you know, like the $1.5 billion Mega Millions winner has not come forward yet. What? Uh, that really? money is still out serious? there. He's, he's got till. Uh, How long do they have? He's got until April. Oh. April 21st of, to, of next year. But still. Wow. Well, do you take your time getting everything set well, that's up? What they're, and... That's what they're trying to say is that maybe that's possible. But it's been a long time now. Yeah. It's, been, it's, been, it's been a month or so. Over a month. More than yeah. a month, I think. But I'll say, too, like you you start getting huh. to that risk of like, what you, if you get hit by a car tomorrow, yeah, your family doesn't get that, it, man. Right? Like, it's in South Carolina. So do you think you know maybe they lost it in the hurricane? That's what I'm wondering. Do they lose the ticket? You know, what happens possible, if you lose it? Or maybe it? you forgot you bought it. And maybe you know six months from now, you pull it out from between the seats of your pickup truck i mean how bad do you feel then 
Oof. Pretty bad. Pulling that billion-dollar ticket uh, out from between the seats going, oh, well, that's right. I'm going to get news for you here, Jeffy. You'd feel good if you pulled out a billion-dollar ticket from between your seats. No, you'd feel I, I good would. about that. As long as it's before April. April. Yeah, as long as it's before yeah. April. As long, sure. if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you find it in <laughs> yes. June, you're not feeling no, very good about very, it. Because one day late. Oh, you don't think they give wow. they, they no. give you something anyway? No, there's wow. no leeway. Wow. Really? There's no leeway. It's gone. That's amazing. TikTok, TikTok. What are they waiting ding, for? Boom, Maybe they're just done. getting all their financial planning I hope so. in Maybe. place before they... I hope they... so, because it's Cause a cash payout of almost $900 million. By the way, uh, we should also point out uh, today, happy birthday to Pat. Oh, oh my gosh. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Big celebration of coming in and sitting with this guy. Mm-hmm. 32 years you? old today. 32. Oh, well, I'm starting to feel a little old. Wow. Yeah, you're 30. that I'm old, my, huh? my early 30s now, so... <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you laughing? What? Glenn Beck Mercury.